Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm okay. I am hobbling around the house because of my twisted leg that happened yesterday. Sort of God, it's really hard to be me. Yeah. Are you all sore? Oh my God. Yeah. I thought as I was going down yesterday, I thought, Oh, God, please don't let me break a hip. Please don't let me break my knee. I should not have done that. Yeah, you got to take it easy. I can't. You're, you're going to have to I know wait. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I don't have a man to do the heavy lifting for me. So I that's not going to stop me. I'm going to do it myself. And it's stupid. I was at a store the other day looking for tile and next to me was this couple that was also looking for flooring tile, flooring tile, but backsplash tile. So of course I butt in and I'm like, look, I'm sorry to butt in, but I'm an interior designer who's retired. I'm standing right here. If you want my two cents, I'm happy to give it to you. Otherwise I'll just continue to try to find my own stuff. And they're like, no, no, we would love you to help us. So they were asking me all these questions. And then they were telling me how they were going to Mexico later that day. And probably again the next day to continue to look for tile. I'm like, there's tile in Mexico? I so thought of you. It's like having puppies in the back of a white van and me climbing in to pet them. And they're like, do you want to come with us? We'll take you. And I was like... Tempted to say yes, but your voice was in the back of my head going, do not do this. Rachel will kill you if you go to Mexico with total strangers across the border. It was hilarious. Uh, that's very funny. Because as soon as you said that, I was thinking, I'm surprised you're not there with them right now. Because <laughs> I know you so well. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And then they said, I said, gosh, I wish I had a husband to do the heavy lifting. Oh, you're not married. I said, and or the husband said that to me. I said, well, I was, but it was more of a catch and release type of a marriage. It wasn't a <laughs> <laughs> started laughing, but yeah. So um, your voice is in the back of my head. So you should be grateful. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I said no, but god damn it, I wanted to go. I bet. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> yes, yes, I could. A hundred percent could. I sent you a text from Baja. Hey, guess where I am? I started posting pictures of Tile on my Facebook page. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my god. 
Sorry. Yes. Maybe I do need that insurance policy on you. I told you, you better get one. Accidental death. You'll be a millionaire. <laughs> Uh, I can't, I wouldn't even fault you for doing it. All right. So you ready to start? Yes, ma'am. Today's book is The Scepter. It's a prequel novella to the Mortal Fates series by Jay Bree. I don't know if you noticed, but I, of course, noticed because I like this um, artist. But the mm -hmm. cover is an illustration by Beth Gilbert. I did notice the cover and I really liked it she's the same artist who did the stone hearts cover oh nice the se wendell book that we reviewed a few episodes ago so i really liked the cover i thought it was really pretty it's very simple but very pretty mm -hmm. but then when you go into the book there's an image that's supposed to be the female main character which i also liked but then mm -hmm. i felt like the clothing was a little off totally random what? observation on my part but <laughs> yeah in, in what way she's like this forest witch who doesn't even wear shoes but she's got this like black outfit on that's it was a really cool outfit but it's like jewelry mm -hmm. has like armor on the shoulders it just didn't fit with what i was picturing with everything oh, okay. i thought it was but i still pretty. liked it sometimes it's yeah. good to be oblivious like i am because i just thought oh that's so cool looking yeah it was <laughs> and i do like to see the character art so you can kind of picture what they look like yeah i think you're just hyper aware in life maybe it's hard enough to be me i can't imagine being you <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> I like being oblivious sometimes. We have a prologue. So the female main character, her name is Rook. And so the story opens with her in a panic because her home and the village she lives in are on fire. And it turns out yeah. that she is a witch and she's worried for her coven. Yes, and her people are called the favored children. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So she's with her brother Pemba and they weren't in the village because they were traveling to see a seer so that Rook could get her future told to her. It's kind of like something they have for coming of age, rite of passage situation. So that's what her and her brother were doing, but then they had to return home when they realized that the village were, was on fire. Yeah, and we also learned that her grandmother is the crone of the coven and she's the oldest living family member at almost a thousand years i'm like dear god i would lose my mind if i had to live a thousand years and they also have she has 10 younger brothers and sisters i'm like jesus christ that's a lot of people a lot of family in this mm -hmm. village Dear God. So she thinks that it was an accident, but when they get back to the location, they realize that it was on purpose because there's the fire. But in addition to that, some of the witches have arrows in their back mm -hmm. and she can tell that something was used called witches Spain. And it yeah. says the arrows were tipped in that herb that could instantly kill a witch, no matter how strong they were. She can tell there's magic in the fire by the pattern of the fire. And so this prologue was super sad. Yeah, it was. And, but one of my highlights from here that was kind of intriguing 
<laughs> you okay? Sorry. Yes, I hit my. Um, I was trying to scroll, and I, God forbid, I hit my microphone stand. Oh, it's okay. It sounded like something fell. Well, it could have been okay. me. So thank you for checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while while she's going through this whole situation, this thing happens with her. It says. I can feel a pounding in the back of my mind, the voice trying to break in and find out where this pain inside me is coming from, but my wards mm. stay strong, something my mother trained me from birth to control. Even in the chaos and terror they hold, he pounds again, the frantic sensation alerting me. He's desperate to hear from me, but the horror that surrounds me consumes me, keeping him out of my mind as my survival instincts kick in. Yeah, so, I highlighted that, cool. that too. Yeah, I was like, what the, what's happening? Something's happening. And then the section, the prologue ends with whoever it is that came for us, for the Raven's word coven, they took everything from me, even the children. Mm. Oh, so sad. It's very sad. So then we find out that the coven is made up of the maiden, the mother, and the crone. She was the maiden her mom was the mother. And like you said, her grandmother was the crone and was about a thousand years old. And then in addition to them being witches, they're actually part fae. Kind of confused me with this overlap. Yeah, did you it, get confused by this? Yes, I did. I thought this isn't even a long book and I'm a little confused. Okay, so there's the Sully and the Unsully. There's Fae, there's witches. And then within the Fae, they have high and low Fae. So it's all mm -hmm. very confusing. Yes, and because everybody was annihilated, she's the only female left in the coven. So now she becomes what's referred to as the mother. Yeah, my quote from that section is, due to my mother's death, I'm technically the mother now. It's rare for a maiden to become a mother without, you know, actually being one. But right. every coven must have one. I'm the only female left of the Raven's Word witches. So it's just out of their entire coven, there's only her and her brother left alive that's sad yes yeah it mm. is sad and we also so find then, out about this the, being a caretaker of the scepter is that right oh the scepter yes that's the image that's on the cover of the book correct and it's got a large emerald encased in the winding wood which i would love to have because that's my birthstone it, it was pretty cool so it was her mom's i guess it's passed down through the women whoever it was the her mom. mom's yeah, whoever the mother is, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so because her mom's passed on, now she has to take charge of it. While Rick was the maiden, she spent all <laughs> her years learning from her mom how to heal and strengthen and how to bring life into this world safely and how to gently ease the passing of those ready to go into Elysium. And they decide that it's more important than ever to go see the seer. So they decide to continue on their journey. Throughout her story, she keeps getting some of those push she's on her mind from someone but she's refusing to answer him because she is so caught up in her grief and she wakes up the next morning after this situation and this is her first conversation with the male main character and i loved it i guess her shields are down a little bit because she was sleeping he says to her good morning croy and she says back to him good morning dawn yeah he constantly refers to her as croy she can hear his voice in her mind because he is her mate 
date. However, she has no idea what his name is and has never even met him. He won't tell her his name or where he is. So Red she flag. refuses. Yeah, she Red refuses to tell him where she is. Yeah, that's such a huge red flag. I'm like, what do you mean he won't tell her? I mean, right there, I'd be I'd be like, this guy, something's up with this guy. And so that's why he calls her what he calls her and why she calls him Dawn, because they're just nicknames, because they don't actually know each other's names. I mean, I couldn't understand why, unless something was, he was trying to hide something. Could you understand that? Mm, it made sense the further I read in the story, but yeah, he's obviously hiding something. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me the further I read, so maybe as we go along, you can explain that, but go ahead. All right, so her and her brother continue on to the seer they stop at an inn to try to spend the night while they're there she takes a bath and she starts i don't know she starts like having sexy times by herself in the bath that he can feel through the bond i guess so my quote from this section was him saying in her mind good girl now tell me where you are and i'll finish what you've started mm -hmm. but her response to him is that she will tell him once she knows her fate in a week she will tell him where she is and I guess because she says that to him, then he guesses that she's traveling to see the seer. So her response to him is, you already know your fate then, I say. And he answers with the absolute confidence of a man who is single-mindedly determined to get what he wants. You. My fate is you. But I instantly did not like him. I don't care. That oh, really? Yeah, I don't care that he's in, he's saying all this sweet stuff to her. I think it's very, I thought it was very suspicious that everybody in her coven has been annihilated and he just keeps bugging her with, where are you? And I didn't know if it's coming from a place of concern that he wants to protect her or a place of evil that he wants to harm her. Mm. Okay, I guess I wasn't that concerned about his motives because he is her mate. Is he? So I didn't really think he was in, I didn't think he was part of the annihilation that happened with her coven. Well, I don't trust anybody. <laughs> my, okay. my, my romantic experience is very different than yours. And there's always something in the back of my head going, is this really real? But go continue, please. While they're at the inn, she's having a conversation with him in her mind. But the innkeeper shows up and tells them that they need to leave the inn as soon as possible. Because somebody named the Savage Prince has his soldiers there. And they are looking for a lost fae princess. And since they are witches, they'll all get in trouble. Because witches apparently are the enemy of the fae. Even though they're part of the fae. Mm -hmm. They're like a shunned portion of the fae, I guess. And we also learn in this chapter about another part of the world called the Northern Lands and that there is a fate war happening there because the king of that land refused his fate and it opened a chasm that is destroying his kingdom. Mm. And it turns out that the savage prince's name is Sorin. And when she hears that name, it says, a chill runs down my spine at the sound of his name. I think my prayer to the fates will be ignored because the savage prince is not someone you run away from and survive. I mean, at this point, I instantly had stuff going through my head of what is actually happening here. Did you? Or are you blinded by love? Well no, as soon as this happened, I was like, oh, Soren is her mate, and yes. she's the lost fae princess. Yes. 
It's very it's obvious. pretty obvious. This yeah. is what's happening. Okay. Okay. So they they flee that in, and they end up getting a ride from a goblin. Yeah. But he like backstabs them and tries to turn on them. So she ends up having to kill him. She finally does get to the seer. And so her getting to the seer is basically the end of this novella. Mm-hmm. And what she hears from the seer is how the book ends. And it's totally not how I thought the story would go or what she would hear. Yes, I agree. And when she goes, though, Seer says, Rook's Bane Evening Star, I've been waiting for you. And Rook thinks that she will never tell her brother her fate. Mm-hmm. And the, she thinks, I'm leaving the Southern Lands and I'm going down to the Docklands and getting on a ship, sailing over to the Northern King's army and joining the Fate Wars. And as soon as she leaves the seer, she shuts her mind off to that guy named Dawn. It's just crazy. It says, this was my highlight. I don't want him to find out that I'm running from the man I'm fated to love in a future so terrifying that I'd rather die in a foreign land in a war that isn't my own. I've already shut my mind off to Dawn, determined to never hear his honeyed words ever again. The web of comfort and security he promised is a lie he wove to snare me. Mm-hmm. Rooksbane Evening Star, the untried mother of the Ravensward Coven, is dead. Someone else is here in her stead, and I won't be afraid anymore. The That's end. totally not how I thought the story was going to end. <laughs> really? I kind of wasn't surprised by that because he's in her mind the enemy. Now, yes. But I was also kind of surprised that it, the whole story was her venturing to the seer. I guess it makes sense because it's the novella. So it's kind of like the start of everything. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that she would get to the seer and then we would see stuff after that. But we really don't. We don't see anything after that because that's how the story ends. Right. So what do you think of it? Well, I want to hear what you thought first since you didn't like him. I really don't know, to be honest with you. There were parts of it that I did like and I thought were interesting but there were other parts that I thought were repetitive and obvious and uh, yeah I don't know obviously there's no wet panties for me because there really was no romance except that little thing in the bathtub which really wasn't anything I don't know that really the series in my opinion can be judged by this novella because I I guess I didn't like it as basically (laughs) what I'm trying to say in a <laughs> in a non-judgmental way. Um, okay. I don't know. What about you? I think that's fine that you didn't like it. I also kind of agree with you. There really wasn't much of like the sexiness happening here mm-hmm. because they never actually meet each other in this story. Mm-hmm. I was like drawn in right from the beginning. I, something about the way that this author wrote like pulled me in. Mm-hmm. I could like visualize her village and her travels and I, everything. I've never read this author before. She's very popular with another series she has I've seen on Instagram. I haven't read her before and so I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. reading this book how mm-hmm. much I like enjoyed it even though it was pretty obvious. It's like okay like her mate is this guy the savage prince and 
then I'm like, okay, what's happening with the fate war and the Northern land. And I just kept picturing what was happening with the fate war as the Marvel universe movies where like the aliens come through like a rift in the atmosphere. <laughs> oh, that's like what I picture when like they were describing that I did like this story. And so I looked it up. And so there's another novella for this series called the sword. Oh, and that that is a prequel novella from Soren's point of view. Oh, that would be interesting. Now I'm interested. But th this to me was more like a young... Am I wrong that it's more like a young adult's book? I mean, yeah, I could see that because there's really not much happening here. I don't think the series is supposed to be like that, but because nothing really happens in this story, mm -hmm. I could see that. I would probably read Soren's prequel then i could too see the picture she painted as reading it i could see vi visually in my head what was happening very clearly i i think maybe it was just it took a long time for them to get to the seer yeah the whole story was them traveling to the seer mm -hmm. yeah which i think is another reason why i was surprised with that's how the book ended because i didn't think it was going to be like that so did you rate this book so, or okay so i would give this like for damp panties, I guess, because it's like not like <laughs> nothing really happened. Right? Oh. It's not like okay. I don't really know how to describe it. So I did read the sword. Oh, and did you, did you like it? It was okay in this series. I will say I don't particularly like Soren. Oh, and. So the only the first book in the series is out, and I did also read that. Oh my god! And uh, and I liked it. Soren's a complete asshole. You would hate it oh, because you yeah, don't like enemies lovers. I can't. Yeah, it's called Mortal Fates. It should be like Mortal Enemies mm. <laughs> because he doesn't like her, but at the same time, she doesn't like him either. So okay. in that respect. For the first book, I did appreciate it because she's very like apathetic to him. And she's like, yes, this is my fate to have you as a mate, but I don't have to be happy about it. I've just accepted it. And he spends the whole time being fucking pissed off. He's a big a-hole throughout the entire story. So I'm interested to see if he ever redeems himself. And if so, how? So even though his refusal to recognize her as his mate caused this war and for this chasm to open destroying his kingdom he still hates her and there's no i'm surprised after the first book he doesn't kind of start to come around i mean for me again it's if you're mates are you really gonna treat your mate like shit i hope not the chasm in the universe and this war and everything was not because of soren this was in another part of the world Oh. Because that king refused his fate. So that's another reason why she leans into accepting her fate. Because she sees what happens when you don't accept your fate. And how it oh, caused okay. this chasm. How it caused the war. So she's really like leaning into the whole, I'm accepting my fate. Even though I'm not happy about it. I'm just going to go with it sort of situation. Soren's really not happy when he realizes who she is. And that she's a witch. And not the fae princess like he thought she was if i wanted a shitty relationship conversation i would continue to date i read to get away from all that shit 
I, I read fantasy because it's I want it to be my fantasy, and my fantasy certainly isn't pairing up with somebody that's a jerk. But that's a personal preference. It doesn't mean the book's not for other people. It's just not my type of stuff, I guess. No, that makes sense. And I think, I don't know. I've just always kind of liked this more. Mm-hmm this sort of the enemies to lovers i do not like the friends to lovers that is way more unbelievable to me than the enemies to lovers you're you're supposed to marry your best friend aren't you yes but in these friends to lovers stories it's always the conflict of i don't want to tell them that i like them because that is my best friend and i would ruin our friendship and every single time it's the same fucking conflict oh i so that's why I don't like the stories. In real life, sure, that makes sense that you uh-huh. would want to marry your best friend. Okay. I probably would give this maybe three very dry panties because, okay. I mean, the writing was good, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah, and I figured, like, reading the first book in the series, I was like, oh, you definitely wouldn't like this. <laughs> like, he's he's really not nice to her. So No, I would hate yeah. it. I would absolutely hate it. She's a really strong main character. Mm-hmm. So she was wonderful. And he's kind of like, uh, take him or leave him. I, I will leave him. Thank you very much. So the episode that should be releasing on June 28th is actually getting pushed back to July 5th. So we're going to take a week off, essentially. Mm-hmm. I have to go out of town for work. And so we're just not going to have time to record and edit because of that. Next week's episode will not be happening, but it will be happening on July 5th. And that story that we're going to cover is Wild Scottish Night by Patricia O'Malley. Mm, You had me at Scottish. I knew you'd like that. Yeah. So uh, I started that book. Did you start that book? Yeah, I've already finished it. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. I can't finish this early because I won't remember anything. Like I finished the Scepter book so long ago that it's was not even in my realm until I started looking at the notes this morning. I do the same thing with stories. I don't really remember that much, but I can only read one story at a time. So sometimes I read really quickly and sometimes Mm. I don't. I'm fine if I'm reading a book and I don't have to talk about it on a podcast. It's okay for me to forget it. But if I have to have an opinion and talk about it and it's kind of gone out of my mind, I basically am skimming the book again by the time we record that's what i was gonna say i have to do the same thing though because i read so many books and i forget them as soon as i'm done reading them Mm. so i have to look at my notes and my highlights to remember what the hell happened even the main characters names not gonna lie yeah well (laughs) well i'm glad you said that because i'm exactly the same So what are you reading Mm -hmm. now? Okay, so like I said, I read The Scepter, The Sword, and then the first book in the series, The Crown of Oaths and Curses. That was really good. So then I read Craving in His Blood by Zoe Draven. Oh, yeah. I think you're reading that right now too, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay, so I read that. That was good. And then I've read Anubis because you were saying that you liked it so much. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, it was good. I think every single story of hers I read is a solid four stars. Yeah, I agree. We're talking about Alyssa Thorne. And then I read The Wild Scottish Night. Oh my god. And the book I just started, literally just started it while I was eating breakfast this morning, is another Alyssa Thorne book, Song of the Sea King. 
Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm reading a bunch of stuff and I'm trying to get more books lined up for while I'm on my work travel because I'll be on the plane for a long time. Then I have the layovers. Plus I'll have, you know, all that uninterrupted time at the hotel where I could read as much as I want with no responsibilities. Yeah, so you're going to have 60 new books read by the time you get back in a week. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let it's going to be great. Let me tell you what I have read. I okay. read um, Kiss of the Blood Prince by Alyssa Thorne. Oh, you finished it? I did finish it. Um, I thought okay. it was good. I'm going to read the next one. I am also reading Craving in His Blood by Zoe Draven. But I've got to tell you, I forgot way too much of that first book. I may have to go back and skim that book. And I, th I last night I decided I'm not reading any more authors unless all the books have dropped. Because if I don't read them in a row, I forget too much. And then I end up having to do almost twice as much reading. That's my new thing. I'm sure it won't happen. But that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> That's your goal. Hashtag goals. Hashtag, yes. I've also read, and I can't believe I finished this book because it was over 700 pages, The Beauty and the Orcs by Finley Fenn. And mm -hmm. that was a good book, but there was so much cum in that book. You could have cut probably 200 pages of cum. It was a cum ocean. It was Waterworld. Kevin Costner throwback. <laughs> yes. Waterworld. I could just imagine. Oh my god. No, you can't imagine. And I was like... <laughs> This is almost too much for me. And for me to say that, because I love all her books, it was it was a lot. A lot of like, oh my god, how twisted am I? It was like reading XXX porn, basically. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's what it was like. Then yeah. I, I also started reading, because everything dropped at the same time, the Finley Finn book the alicia sutherland book the zoe draven book plus the book for this so i started reading zero dark bloodthirsty which is book two mm -hmm. in the series by alicia sutherland and then i was like you know what you need to you need to stop because you're reading too many things at once so Right now I'm reading three things, The Zero Dark Bloodthirsty, The Craving in His Blood, and um, also the Scottish Night, Wild Scottish Night book. Okay. All at the same time, and it, it's got to stop somewhere. I can't do it, yeah. I just do one at a time. But I could see, like, the problem you're having, because a lot of books did release at the same time. Yes! That I'm were reading. all really good. Like, as soon as the Zoe Draven went, came out, I was like, I have to read it. I really like that series by her, so... Well, trust me. But if I was also confused. By the Zoe Draven book? Yeah, because yeah. I read the first one, I think, when it came out. And then, like you're saying, there uh, sometime had elapsed between the two books releasing. Mm -hmm. And then... A lot of the words I feel like started with the letter K and then sometimes that throws me off when that happens in books. I, I agree. Have a, I had a hard time keeping stuff straight in the story. So well, I still really enjoyed it, but I will say I had to like surface level a lot of the world that was happening there because I couldn't keep it straight. Well, it's interesting that you say that because it kind of bummed me out that I felt exactly the same way. I don't even know where am I in this book. I'm not even that far in 
book. I'm only 12% in the book, but I thought exactly the same thing. I don't understand what's happening and I don't know if it's me or the writing, the world building just in the at 12% was like too much for me. I stopped focusing so much on what was happening in terms of that because I couldn't keep it straight and I couldn't remember if it was stuff I learned in book one and I forgot. I will say I don't feel like it was that important. Like the story okay. doesn't hinge on all that. Okay. So maybe just kind of like blow through it and not stress out. It's kind of like Crescent City by Sarah J. Moss. Like you read that and you're like, what the fuck is happening? There's like all these different worlds and all these things and you're like oh my god this is a lot to take on and it's all these made up words but eventually it kind of clicks and i hope so or it doesn't and you still enjoy the story so <laughs> well the crescent city book i gotta say i am so in the story reading her stuff that i totally fine with it and i seem to be able to follow it because i'm so in it it's like I'm standing there next to them in the book story. But this one, I'm struggling. And I was like, I hope it all falls into place because I love the first book. I'm sure it will. Mm -hmm. I just got to get past it. It's funny because I was actually thinking of stuff I could read while I was gone and doing all my airplane rides, like I said. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll do an Akatar reread. But I'm like, I've reread that series so many times. Do I really need to do that? Oh, have you really? <laughs> Oh, I didn't even know that. That's the series, and I've never done this before, and I don't think I'll ever do this again. I finished the last book and immediately went back to book one and did a reread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that series is overwhelming, and I like it a lot better in the written form than I downloaded the audiobook, and I don't get as lost. Oh, and the other thing I was going to tell you, you know how I figured out that I could get a, the little computer thing that whose name I won't mention because it'll come on to read my mm -hmm. books while I'm doing other things. Yes. I can't get in them nearly as much because it's a robotic reading. It's not like mm. the Hulu Hoopla audiobooks where there's people reading it and you can get lost in the character. I could see that. I don't know if I'd be that into it. And honestly, because I listened to that enhanced audiobook for Red Rising, I'm like ruined now for normal audiobooks because that had music, it had multiple characters for the cast. I was going to say, what is that? I didn't even know what that was. I've never listened to an audiobook like that before, mm -hmm. but having listen to it for that series for that book only book one's been done so far i think okay it was so freaking good i was like oh i like it and i think also because i like the scripted podcasts where it's kind of like oh, storytelling yeah. mm -hmm. so it, it reminded me of that it's like going to the movies but not having the visual part of the screen mm -hmm. it's a lot like the olden radio, radio. <laughs> shows that would yeah like yeah. olden time radio stories that would happen it's exactly what that is so what what was the name of the book again red rising is that the one where you had to wait they said you had to wait forever no oh all right so where'd you find that uh i can't remember if it was on libby or not i okay. got it through the library oh all right yeah i love those apps yeah he has another book in that series coming out i think in july and so because i saw his instagram post about it i was like oh i'm gonna check out the audio 
book for book one. Mm -hmm. That book has my favorite opening for any book in the history of ever. What is it? So as soon as I've read that, I was like, I'm going to be addicted to this series. Oh, God. The opening for the first book is, I would have lived in peace, but my enemies brought me war. Oh, yeah, that's a good opening. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I as soon as soon I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the best kind of books, correct? Yes. Can I um, totally change the subject for a moment? Yes. I just wanted to let everybody know that my kitchen's almost done. I had my cabinet put in and it worked and they were able to cut the doors down that wouldn't open. They're supposed to compensate me, but they told me their compensation plan is based on not being able to use the kitchen. And since I was able to use my kitchen, their compensation is probably, they wouldn't tell me what it was. They're like, well, that's being discussed right now. You can give us an idea of what you want. I'm like, no, you can make me an offer and you need to take into consideration my time for 17 months that I had to cancel my schedule and things that I was doing so that you could continue to try to finish my kitchen. My time is valuable and you need to take that into account. So they're supposed to come okay. back Tuesday. They're supposed to do the last of the touch-up repair where they broke my freaking oven cabinet trying to put the oven in and touch up the doors they had to cut down. And then they're going to tell me what their offer is. But I basically feel like telling them just to shove your offer up your ass and get out of my house. Orange box store. They'll probably offer you a gift card so you can go back and buy oh something. Oh my God. They did talk about the fact that they saw my, um, my tub and vanity in the garage for remodeling my bathroom i said i will never ever ever use you again and i will yeah no yeah i will never use you again and they're like sorry you feel that way and i'm like sorry you fucked up so badly <laughs> and didn't give a shit i said the fact alone that i had to do follow-up with you is unbelievable and made me realize you don't give a shit it's ridiculous yeah so it's almost over Thank God that I'm mm -hmm. going to start the bathroom. So good luck to me. <laughs> yes, I agree. All right. Okay. Well, well this was a short episode, but that's okay. Was it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I'm off to Doesn't find, matter. find light bulbs for my awesome mid-century modern uh, wall-hanging light that I got delivered yesterday. I'm over the moon excited. And to buy glue so because i'm trying to make a shell mirror we'll see how it turns out craft projects i like it yeah i need to stop i have about 50 going on at once which is why i fell in the yard yesterday but it's all right yeah, that's not a craft project that's the problem that's a gardening project stick with the crafts yeah but the problem well at least when i fell it was the first time i thought well thank god so close to my neighbors between our houses because I could scream for help and they would hopefully respond. That's scary. It was scary. <laughs> it's like, fuck, if I break my hip before we go to Scotland, I'll be so pissed. I'm not going to do anything for a month before we leave on our trip. I'm not even going to let people visit me. Oh my God, you should just stop now. Yeah, it's not worth the, the risk. <laughs> it's not. I'm so excited. All right. I hope you have a great right. day. Thanks, you too. All right, babe. I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email 
is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media.